Hi and welcome to the No Ordinary Tech podcast, a safe space for real people in tech to engage in real talk. Sharing their hot takes on everything from AI and its impact on people's spending habits to future-proofing your skills as a technologist. I'm your host, Georgie Barrett, tech journalist and broadcaster. And with me today is Ben Diner and Vicky Hebden. And we're going to be discussing the incredible potential of apps and app development. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you for having us. Thanks. But before we get on to that, first, let me get to know you guys a little bit better. Tell me about what you do at Lloyd's Banking Group, Vicky. Yeah, of course. So um, I'm a business architect, which means I spend a lot of time sort of shaping different customer journeys and different processes to sort of align some of our tech and business strategy to some of the customer outcomes that we want to achieve. Amazing. Ben? So my official title is Business Platform Lead for Everyday Banking, um, but I'll tell you what that actually means. So um, so I'm responsible for what we do for all our customer journeys, digital interactions across some of our everyday banking products, so current accounts, savings accounts, and how customers use their debit cards. Okay, so just to get to know you a little bit better, and as we're speaking about apps today, my first question to both of you is, what is the most unusual yet wonderful app that you have on your phone? It can be like really super niche, it can be super nerdy, maybe it's just an app that you want to share with the group. Uh, ben, what's your favourite app or what, what do you want to bring to the table? So my one's hot off the press, and um, I think the moral of the story is you're, you're never too old to be a child. Um, so for my birthday a couple of weeks ago, uh, I got a drone which is really cool. Really um, cool. Uh, That's a it, good birthday it, present. It's an amazing birthday ten out present. Ten. Um, my kids are very jealous, but um, it, it comes with this amazing app, and I just love apps that are really feature rich, and it does everything right. It's got a map that shows you where the drone is. It's got videos, films, everything. And so hang um, on, it's an app that helps you control the drone. So you you imagine you have like a remote control for a like a remote control toy. You stick your iPhone on top of it. And you have the camera for the drone there, but it has GPS, it has everything. You can oh, control it all, plot courses. And it, it's completely niche, extremely geeky. Um, had to look up the legalities of flying it in areas of London, which you can't, and I don't. Well, well done. Um, uh, does it tell, the app should probably tell does, you that. It does, it has red circles and amber circles. Perfect. Um, uh, so you, you have to be quite careful and I, I will fly in the right places, but the app is just so cool. So and it the does app everything. basically enables you to look like you're a really good drone pilot. Exactly. And take cool photos of things that no one wants to look at. Um, <laughs> just for your own, own collection. Uh, and drive my wife absolutely mad. But it's great fun and I'm really enjoying it. So that's that's my one hot you, off You've the ticked press. my nerdy box, so I'm very <laughs> happy with that. Very happy with What's that. What's your favourite photo you've taken so far? Um, it's a great question. I mean, I literally, uh, this is a couple of weeks off and I've been away for a week, so I haven't properly explored it, but I did one, um, just like the four of us as a family sitting outside in our garden, you just go really high and then come down. I mean, it's it's the classic one, but it's it's fun. It's cute. Nice, (laughs) nice. So Vicky, what is your top app recommendation? So I've relied on this app a lot at different points. Um, I use this app called Charged Up. Okay. It's, in essence, it's quite a lot of hardware, but across London actually across the UK and in some other countries as well you can pick up a portable battery from different pubs and restaurants and different places and carry it around with you all day and then drop it off at a different place so hang on this is a battery for your phone battery for your phone but you access it through the app and you collect it from different places so you can see on the app all the different places you can collect a battery from it's charged already you carry it around with you for the day and you can drop it off so it's very handy if you're someone like me that always forgets to either bring their portable charger or charge said portable charger before you leave the house are you rinsing your phone battery the whole time constantly okay that's the impression i get i'm like wow you have a network of chargers 
an international yeah. network of charges. It is really handy. That's amazing. I haven't heard of that. So it's, it's the kind of thing that when you get to the end of a long day out somewhere and you've suddenly realised actually you've got about 5% and it's not quite enough to get home. I feel like you, you can get home in that. So it's really handy to have. Are they always quite close by? There's, there's loads of them. There's, hundreds. there's loads. There's Too loads. many, really. <laughs> okay. Well, my app is um, Kayak. Do you know Kayak as an app? Um, it's a really good app if you like travelling. Um, you can basically set up an account there and then any email you have in regards to your travel from, you know, your booking into your flight to your res- dinner reservations, you just forward it on to the app and then the app aggregates it so you have this lovely little timetable and then anytime you're a little bit like where's that really niche code I need to check in or something it'll all be there waiting for you and your I app. need that yes so if you like travelling Ben you've just come back from holiday <laughs> uh, yeah you should you should definitely try out Kayak sounds great Okay, so each week we have a hot take and the idea of the hot take is, you know, it's designed to get our guests talking. So our statement this week is actually inspired by a recent survey and this survey found that 70% of adults believe apps will replace websites altogether. It's quite a high percentage there. So Ben and Vicky, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, do you agree, disagree? Will websites one day be a thing of the past? What's your prediction? So I'm going to have to go with my natural tendency to be contradictory and say <laughs> I'm, I'm in the 30%. So I'm an incredibly organised person and nothing stresses me out more than a cluttered home screen on my phone. So I am very much personally of the rule. I will download and use an app if either it offers me something significant that a website can't or if I'm using it absolutely regularly. So if I'm doing something once or twice or never again, um, I won't bother downloading the app or actually what I'll sometimes do is download it, use it for a couple of days, I need it, and then delete it. So I know that's my individual way of doing it, but I actually think apps are great for things that you do regularly, constantly. You have all the fantastic things that they give you, the um, recognition, face ID, all of those great things. But it only makes sense if you're regularly using stuff. For things that you're not, I think websites will always prevail, and I can't see a world where that changes. Yeah, absolutely. Vicky? Yeah, I totally agree. I, f- I feel like it'd be a real shame, actually, if we did lose websites because of what they offer to small companies and small businesses if we didn't have the opportunity for people to be able to sort of advertise themselves on that smaller platform because setting up an app is quite uh still quite an undertaking and mm-hmm. maybe we'll we'll get to a point where being able to create your own app is a little bit more accessible but i th- think we're probably quite a long way off of that realistically um i think wechat's a really interesting example of an app that basically does the does the whole end-to-end um, user experience so this is a hugely popular app over in china they have 1.3 billion monthly users um, and it's basically the default operating system for life and business in china so if people want to find out more about how people maybe just use an app and never use a website definitely that is an area that they should look into a little bit more Okay, let's talk about then the big app trends of 2023. I want to start by speaking about augmented reality, AR. We've got some new hardware to play with. How do you think AR is going to impact the world of apps? I think it's a really interesting one because what we're going to see is the way we interact with apps is going to completely change, almost like the front door that we see and how we visualise them and how they interact with our life is going to transform as the devices that we have do. And the sort of I suppose the Vision Pro I think it's called that's just been released it's going to sort of encourage and in some ways force different app developers to consider how we make apps differently so that we can unlock the potential that those devices offer but it will allow us to reimagine perhaps how we interact with different types of customers as well. 
Do you think AR and VR apps will be the future eventually? Do you think that is how we interact? Or do you think there will always be the mobile phone apps? I think we will need the mobile phone app until that no longer is the the default that everyone has. You know, we always come back to the sort of phone in the pocket. You always need that. They're available. I think like with everything, we're still very early days. And that's not to say it's not going to increase exponentially. Um, there are some great use cases for it. I mean, I, I don't know if you've, if you've ever been away to a country... Um, where they have a different alphabet and you're looking at a menu and you use the Google Translate yeah. app. It's amazing, right? And you're basically taking augmented reality of the real letters in real time and translating it into English so that you can choose what to order. Although I did get very upset because it missed an item on the menu the other day that I was hoping to order. <laughs> Is this, are you referring back <laughs> to your recent holiday? I'm talking yeah. about my recent holiday <laughs> and I really wanted a burger and then I saw someone else order it because it didn't pick it up in the menu. But anyway, yeah. put, set that aside. I think we'll, we'll let that that, let, <laughs> let Google translate off that one there burger are, mishap. There are some really great use cases for it which mm. are really prevalent I think to get it to that next stage of everyone walking around with proper augmented reality goggles yeah. we're way off yeah because you've got augmented reality already in apps today Correct. so sort of face filters all of that is already augmented reality as well so how that evolves and develops you know will it need to be on a f- device that sits on your face probably not but there's definitely opportunity there another big app trend internet of things how do you think IoT is impacting the way that apps are evolving So I think um, IoT has obviously been something that's been growing over a number of years. And um, I think it's really interesting because IoT as a concept is fantastic and enables everything to be connected. I think when you actually look at how each of the individual items work and how they usually interact with a separate app on your mobile it's becoming increasingly complicated. You know, mm. by the time you have one app for your heating, <laughs> one for your door lock, one for your burglar alarm, security cameras, all these things, you it's an amazing asset, but we need to find a way to actually take all the different pockets of IoTs and link them together to actually create more of a holistic experience. Okay, so you think that's a trend that people should be looking out for? A hundred percent, yes. An app that maybe aggregates all these mm. different ones that we have on our phones currently. Because yeah. you're right, I have even my lamps on a different <laughs> app to my spotlights because they don't quite link up. So a the, lot the of app way. admin going on. <laughs> yes, app admin. I didn't know that was a thing that I need yeah. to sort in my life, but probably <laughs> it is. Um, and then, I mean, it's such a hot topic at the moment, but AI you know, chatbots, predictive um, suggestions, speech recognition, all that stuff. How do you think AI is going to impact apps? The question for me is how AI is actually going to impact the world. And you're, mm. um, I was listening to a talk the other day and they were saying that AI is going to have a bigger impact on everything we do day to day than the creation of the internet will. Um, so I think how that's integrated and used in apps is just scratching the surface, right? And really what it is now is it's a way to make some things easier, give you a quicker answer, make it more personalised. Um, but that's really just scratching the surface on on where we are. Mm, definitely. And I think there's, particularly in the financial industry, there's a lot that we as customers could get from AI because it mm. can really help you learn about your own financial behaviour and maybe help you understand your financial goals better. So it really could create a huge opportunity for people on a personal level. But as an industry, there's a lot of, I think, regulation that probably needs to come as well, not just for sort of finance, but also for industry wider when we're looking at technology, because there is a lot of privacy that comes with the use of AI and how that's used. And I think there's an element of making sure groups of different customers feel comfortable with that as well. Well, let's speak about the finance industry a bit more. Some, you know, you guys both work in that space. Um, how do you think app development is impacting it as a whole? I mean, we obviously work for Lloyds Bank. We have 20 million digitally active customers. That's quite a high number. It's a huge <laughs> number. Um, 
And you think about the fact, I mean, banking apps as a whole are probably one of the early adopters of apps. And mm. over the last probably 10 to 15 years, we've really seen customers migrate to that. It's really interesting because for us, actually, we want our customers to have a better experience in the app. We know, particularly as younger customers come through and start managing their financial needs more, the app is where they really want to do it. So it is a huge focus point. And I think back to the earlier question we had, the potential for what we can actually do for our customers and help them and support them and use chat functions and all those great things is much stronger actually in the app than it would be through another channel. So it is a huge plank of our strategy and where we want to go. You can create that really nice user experience. Exactly. Um, so like, how, you know, how, how do you see that app developing in the future, specifically when it comes to Lloyd's? Oh, so I think we will use it a lot more as a communication tool. I mean, there's a lot of, well, cost of living crisis at the moment. There's a lot of really hard conversations people are having around their finances. And sometimes that's really hard to do in person. It's really hard to do over the phone, depending on the situation you're in. So being able to have that conversation privately, almost with yourself in your own kind of space where you feel comfortable, being able to make that connection and decide those plans within an app. Would that a lot be powered people. by something like AI? Would that be, you know, a chat GPT chat, yeah. functionality or would it be a human at the other end? Well, it could be either. You know, there's opportunities in both spaces. And I think what is important is creating the optionality to have both because there's a lot that you can get from human interaction. I don't think, I mean, realistically, we all, we're all mammals, you know, we all want to speak to people but depending on what the conversation is and depending on the circumstance having the choice to either speak to a person or the choice to do that privately with yourself mm. and your sort of interface gives you that um, a bit ability to choose a little bit better and create that choice I think um I mean I think you, you you referenced the 20 million number I said a while ago I mean that is the amazing thing about a bank like Lloyd's and the number of customers we have. And actually, when you're thinking about development in any channel, whether it's the app, the website, whether it's our, our more physical footprint, you have to think about what is the route from the majority, but also what are the potentials for every single scenario, every single customer? Yeah. And how actually do you switch between the different types of technology, the different tools, the different channels to support those customers through what they want? So it might be that some, some areas are easily supported by AIs, but actually... As you move into more complicated things where someone might want to talk to a person, um, it becomes different. So how we can actually use the app almost as that front door to then triage customers and understand what they want, why they need and how we can best help them is a really, really interesting area and a big focus. So that's sort of specifically to do with Lloyd's and, and the future of their app development. Um, what app features just do you currently love and what do you want to see developed more in the future? So I have ADHD, uh, which means generally I love anything with a bit of novelty. Okay, <laughs> you're like, oh, give me the yeah. flashing lights. Yeah, anything that's just a bit of fun and also, you know, I love things that just make an experience that little bit more enjoyable, that little bit easier, things that you wouldn't normally notice. And I think the the big one that I think a lot of people reference is probably the addition of uh, being able to see where your taxi is when you order it on Uber. Because okay. obviously if you can sort of see it. There's no benefit realistically from the business's perspective of having that there. The only thing it does is add reassurance and the, the ability to kind of see where someone's coming. Yeah. Uh, so remember back in control. the day, you'd literally have no idea. Yeah, you'd, you'd freak just out there. the whole time. Just waiting. Like, is it going to turn up? I've got to get somewhere. Yeah, just stood outside for several minutes, just yeah. plundering along. So I like that sort of thing. Um, I've also got apps as well where you can kind of, a bit like Tamagotchi, I suppose, from back in the day, uh, 90s over here. So um, 
similar to that, you know, you've got apps where if you're concentrating and you you can see you're being productive, you can grow little rainforests of trees and that kind of novelty I really like. And I think that's something we've missed a little bit in apps where, you know, you're doing a specific thing. You don't necessarily get the enjoyment of doing it in the same way. So seeing that be brought in, I think would be good. Adding a little bit of sparkle, a little, little bit, bit of, of extra. Yeah, yeah. life's hard enough. Yeah. Let's, let's add a bit more fun to it. I like that. Then have you got anything you want to add? And I, I, th- I think for me, I mean, there's been an in- interesting trend in apps as the functionality becomes richer. It actually potentially becomes harder to find the things you want to do. And I've noticed as a trend, which almost is reverting back, using things like widgets to quickly <laughs> get to the exact feature you want to get to. Mm. Um, so t- to pick a great example, ring doorbells, if you've got one. It used to be, you know, you had to go into the app, you had to click on the camera, and then you had to click live view if you wanted to see it. They've now released mm. a widget where you can go straight to it. And I'm loving that because... Being able to personalise the things you want to get to with one click mm. actually makes it a lot easier to use some of the key features you want to. Yeah, yeah. fine-tuning your user experience exactly. yeah. just to what you're getting up to. Yeah, I feel like the notification kind of interface could be really useful with that as well. So, for example, if someone messaged you to say, oh, can you owe me 20 quid for dinner? Being able to then action Reply that straight that. away yeah, yeah, yeah. and having to send it without having to load the app, do all of these other steps in between, that would be really interesting and just, you know, remove things from people's to-do lists. We've made the to-do list shorter, but let's just remove them completely. Brilliant stuff. Well, Ben and Vicky, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank Thanks for you. having us. And thank you at home for tuning in. Do join us for our next episode of the No Ordinary Tech Podcast, where we'll be discussing the major role fintech has to play in creating a greener, more sustainable world. Also, if you want to learn more about our available roles in tech and transformation, do go to lloydsbankinggroup.com forward slash careers.